Welcome back to the Bit on Her podcast with Gina, Kelly, and myself, Dana. This episode is sponsored by Trust and Will. Today we have Michelle Meyer with us. Um, she's a former assistant um, beach volleyball coach at University of Hawaii and high performance beach program coordinator for USA Volleyball. Michelle founded the NIL Network, which was discovered in 2020 to provide resources, raise awareness of changes coming and increase understanding of NIL with a mission to contribute to a successful transition into the NIL era of collegiate athletes. Welcome, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Excited to chat. You like that intro? Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, I think what I really want to start is what I think is so cool is that you started NIL Network right when COVID happened. Yeah. Yeah. What was the decision to make that kind of change in your profession and everything at such an interesting time in our world? Yeah. So actually the year previous, um, I was working on a project for the American Volleyball Coach Association to build a strategic plan to get beach volleyball added for men in college. And that's when California passed the first state NIL bill. And at that point, I was so deep in studying the like economics of intercollegiate athletics. And I was like, holy moly, this is coming to college sports sooner than later. Um, and I was really at that point talking to anybody who would talk to me about it, really strategizing about what is the NCAA going to do? What does this look like if California's law goes into effect and California athletes have these rights and everyone else doesn't? Fast forward a year and this article popped up on NIL and I was like, oh my God, this totally got buried with COVID. Nobody is talking about this. This is the biggest change to college sports probably in 50 years since Title IX. Um, and there wasn't any hub of resources. There wasn't really a place people could go to really understand it. And I kind of wanted to learn how to build a website. And I said, let's see. Let's see what happens. So grab the domain, NIL Network, for 20 bucks. And um, here we are almost three years later. <laughs> that, that's awesome. I mean, it's obviously grown so much over the past few years. And I remember reading it was like as soon as – it went into effect that athletes could make a profit too. Like you had some of these athletes flying overnight to New York to sign this contract with Boost Mobile. Like it was just crazy to see it. So it's really cool that you got in at the start. What are some things that your network offers um, athletes or brands, et cetera? Yeah, I, I, I'm really been um, focused on just creating transparency within the industry. Like it is a brand new billion dollar industry that essentially popped up overnight. And with that, of course, you get... I don't know, I've probably tracked over a thousand different startups in the space that are either working directly with athletes or with the universities or with the schools and just trying to pull together information to help everyone. So at this point, I mean, one of the probably the, the biggest things on the website is the athlete service provider directory. So athletes can go on there. They can do research on different agents, um, marketplaces they can utilize, brand development services, that type of stuff. Um, I run like a half day seminar for people who want to learn about the industry to get involved either because they have athletes that they're working with or I get some parents on there that want to learn about the space some uh, I had some volleyball coaches that were helping their kids get recruited and wanted to know what that conversation looks like um, so yeah I'm really just trying to help everyone understand this and I think it is just going to elevate the whole industry it sounds like you guys have a lot of resources that are going to be helpful for that are helpful for a lot of athletes but then I know you you mentioned this in your email to us <laughs> but we wanted to kind of touch base too about what is it that you think um, that are opportunities that are being missed by professional organizations or just, um, you know, that are that athletes don't have the resources for that people could actually be giving them? Yeah. So I think, you know, we're 
not yet even two years into this new space. And in the first two years, everybody is very, very hyper-focused on the transactions. It's easy, it's tangible, it's you get this amount of money, you do this kind of deliverable. That's been all the headlines. But I think if we look a little bit farther and beyond that of what, what does it look like outside of the transactions and what can the impact of this be, um, and even outside, slightly outside of NIL, moving forward. And the thing that I'm really thinking, and of course coming from an Olympic sport background, is if you look at what makes success for um, an athlete in college for NIL type deals, they need a personal brand. Um, they need a engaged community. Now for revenue generating sport athletes, that comes more easily because they're on national television, they're high profile athletes, they have this name that's nationally known. When you go into Olympic sports, you really need to work a little bit harder. You need to be strategic. You need to understand your values, what you're putting out there to build that audience. Now, these high school athletes that are looking up in college and going, I can make some money in college now off of this. Like, how do I do this? And what they are doing now is building the strategy much earlier because they're, they're incentivized to build this brand, their community, their engaged audience for when they get to college. And now they can do these sponsorships and endorsements. What I think is going to happen when those athletes that you have this surplus once they graduate out and they go to play, let's say, on the AVP or they're going to, you know, join USA Volleyball as part of the national pipeline, they're going to have much bigger and engaged followings than a lot of um, current athletes because of NIL. Now, that's it doesn't have anything to do with actual deals that they're signing in college. But I think that what the opportunity is for a USA Volleyball and AVP, any of these Olympic sport organizations or individual sports to take advantage of that opportunity, invest in their athletes, you know, in their, their pipeline athletes, whether they're in college or even USA Volleyball has a pipeline coming all the way through to support them, give them tools to make them have success or, you know, at least put them in a position to have success with NIL once they get to college. And I think it's an opportunity that needs to be taken advantage of now rather than later. And the reason for that is if you look at all the stats in the early year or these first few years, it's football and men's basketball. And if, if a young volleyball athlete is looking up at this and going, well, there's not any opportunities for volleyball athletes. Why would I even engage in the space? Then they're not going to do it. And that's a missed opportunity because once athletes go to play on the, the AVP or within USA Volleyball, um, you're brand ambassadors for that organization essentially for free too, because you're posting your highlights, you're posting, you know, anything with the, the logo of AVP on it. And the audience of beach volleyball athletes in college is exactly who the AVP wants to get in front of anyway, right? I just see Dana shaking her head over here in agreement. I feel like she's got something to say. <laughs> I, I think I should keep it to myself <laughs> because yeah, everybody knows how I feel about this. It's something that I've been preaching for a really long time. You have your top athletes, sure, but then they travel overseas and then who does this organization have left? It's literally everyone else that's participating. And the fact that these athletes are paying to go to these tournaments, it's a missed opportunity that you are not promoting these athletes that are paying to be in your tournaments. Yeah. You know, and then you're not collaborating on social media, which is what I suggested. They're not doing it now because I suggested it a long time ago. But um, every single one that is playing in this tournament is representing that brand. And that's the only way to build it is collaboration. Yep. 
and investing in those athletes. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like allocating resources for all athletes and it's not just volleyball, like it's a lot of other women's sports too, that don't have the means or we're feeling, you know, that sports that are marginalized, like, um, you know, even like women's soccer, women's basketball, like I'm sure that there's things that, um, those organizations could be doing as well to help promote their athletes and, um, and, and that's another interesting piece of NIL if you're looking more at the deal side is that, you know, as athletes, let's say again from beach volleyball or from individual sports are starting to engage with brands that have never been involved with athletes of this sport before. It's going to be the local and regional brands, probably not national, but they're going, hey, I partnered with a beach volleyball athlete. We got great ROI and we're going to continue to work with this athlete. I think we've already seen it quite a few times from, um, you know, the early graduates, I guess, in this era that they've been able to, I'll give Haley Harward as an example, who partnered with um, Mizuno. Um, Mizuno, but before that in college, she was with uh, Aqua Hydrate. She, yeah, she still is, yeah. Yeah, and so that partnership she had in college, it was successful, and now she's taking that on uh, as she competes on the AVP, and I think that just takes like one thing off of the bucket list of things you got to learn after you graduate, when you have to find your own coaching, your strength and conditioning, how do you, you know, sports psychologists, partnerships, travel budget, all of that type of stuff and take out like how to do endorsement deals. What's my value? How do I negotiate this? I think that that's a huge professional development opportunity now that college athletes have while they're in college that they can take with them after they graduate and move on. Kind of going back to you were talking about like the seminars. What is it that you're teaching in those engagements? Like, is it like very intro level? What topics do you kind of bring up for those that are listening in? Yeah. So I recently, um, went into a division, a division two school down in Irvine and talked to their athletes and we did a couple of workshops. So what I've found from the NIL space in the last two years, it's like educate, like especially these Gen Z kids in general, right? <laughs> Not athletes, Gen Z. They don't want to be talked at. Also, they're full-time students already. They're sitting in lecture halls all day. They don't want someone to come and be like, all right, here's how you build your brand. <laughs> um, what they want are tools to be successful. And so one of the workshops that I, I like to do with the athletes is essentially building your athlete NIL brand kit, which is exactly what you'd imagine. Like you show your previous partnerships, kind of some of your social media analytics, who your ideal partnerships are, what that I even put, I mean, cause it's NIL, some of the, the general rules and whatnot. Um, and so they walk away with that actually with a document um, that they can then download as a PDF. And then when they reach out that they can attach that on. And then so the local businesses will understand a little bit more what this looks like. So my education, I, I, I want to leave or walk away with something. Yeah. I need to attend one of these myself. I feel like I need you to look at my Instagram later and give me some feedback. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Okay. But it needs improvement. I think. Yeah. I think it's really hard too. Cause there's, this is, this might be a little like a controversial topic of like the direction of the where the NIL is going and the mental health of a lot of these student athletes and you know I hate to say like social media is such a necessary evil now but also it's like an easy and feasible way to market yourself and to be attractive towards brands so like do you have any advice for athletes that are maybe dealing with that or how they can still market themselves in a way to where you know it's there's their mental health is taken out out of it, but still yeah. able to like work with brands. Yeah, I would say that that's definitely a delicate balance. Um, and something that's kind of interesting, you know, everyone says, oh, personal branding, you automatically think social media. I mean, everybody has a personal brand, even if they're not on social media. It's what people think about when they think of you. However, social media, you just reach so many more people. So 
if you think about your day-to-day life going, I mean, you run into what, like 20 or 30 people in a day or talk to them, maybe. It, that sounds like a lot, actually, for me. Um, <laughs> Introvert, not me. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't know today, I guess. But um, but for social media, put something out there, and all of a sudden it's hitting hundreds, thousands of people. Um, and all over the country, it's not restricted by location. And so it's, it's the easiest way, I guess, to get your values out there, your brand and build it. Now, of course, I think, and, and something that is um, a hard part about NIL, um, even from the, the mental health perspective, is that on the fan side, and this might be a little bit more with the revenue generating sports, athletes and, and national television, fans feel so much more empowered because they're going, these athletes are getting paid now, they're professional. If they mess up, if they cost me, and this also goes hand in hand with sports gambling being uh, legalized in a bunch of states, I feel now empowered and entitled to go to their direct messages and absolutely blast them for whatever they did. And it's bad. It's like, I don't know. There's been a few athletes I know that have filed police reports because it has been so persistent. And and that part, it just breaks my heart. Like it's so uncalled for. And it's something I'm sure that you guys have all seen as well and yeah for sure i mean all that stuff just it angers me when people have the confidence to go attack someone behind from behind their screen but um yeah i mean it is true and it's um like i said it's a, such a necessary evil but there are a lot of good things that come out of it like amazing brand deals and you know i've i've obviously worked at mine for a long time and yeah. you know i've i've gotten lucky with some of my deals and stuff um i have a great manager too that's helped me but um yeah, it's all about like finding. I feel like the biggest thing I've learned is like finding your niche, niche, niche. I never niche. know. Niche. <laughs> and and really like seeing how you're unique in your space, and obviously staying true to your values. Finding out what you know what your values are, what you stand by. And we had a guest on uh, a couple weeks ago, Farron Benjamin. She's an NFL agent, and she spoke hi- very highly about like finding th- a cause that you're really passionate about, and like going towards that too is. Um, is always a good thing. So yeah, I mean, I think I think it's great what you're doing, and I think that it's also very necessary too. So it's nice uh, that you provide some guidance for people and athletes in that space. Yeah, I think we've been throwing out the word like core values. So Gina, throwing you a curveball. Oh, <laughs> would you share with your Instagram because it's you've done, you've worked really hard at it. What kind of core values do you, I guess, value on yeah. your Instagram? Like letting the viewers in. Yeah, I try to be like super authentic with myself and I've obviously, you know, sometimes you just have to put out a post for a brand, but I still try to be like who I am. And so I think like, you know, getting outside, I think that's a really big thing for me. And obviously our sport is a huge proponent of that, but I think being outside and getting outside is super good for mental health. I think um, mental health is also another thing that I've tried to really um, establish myself in is um, mindfulness and stuff like that. Um, hardworking. So I should show like my workouts and my, some of my practices. Um, so behind the scenes type stuff and, um, and you know, like family and friends. So I like to show my peeps, my dog, (laughs) my boyfriend, Eric, shout out Eric. He always calls me out for never talking about him on the podcast, but and about, about girls <laughs> yeah and then michelle so when you're speaking or talking to your athletes how do you help your athletes find what their core values are yeah um so it's int- i i also worked at san diego state for the 
past year. I left in January, I guess, because I really just not into March Madness runs. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, while I was there, and San Diego State was about the fourth or fifth university in the whole country to hire like an NIL-specific position. And so everyone always asks, like, oh, what do you do in there? And I'm like, well, whatever, whatever I felt like doing that day or whatever I thought was the best kind of route to go. And a lot of my meetings with athletes, it really everybody's at such different places, right? Because you have an, at one end of the spectrum, you have these athletes that, I mean, even you you have your high profile athletes, let's say the basketball players, who runners up in the national championship um, that are dealing with being inundated with agents coming through their DMs and asking to represent them. And hey, I got this deal and that deal. And then you have um, the influencer athletes that love kind of creating content, but it has nothing to do with their sport, but they've amassed this huge type of following on TikTok or whatnot that needed other kind of support. And then you have the other 99% that are looking to get started in the space, want to understand like, how do I build this brand? How do I build my platform, my audience and whatnot? And it really does, like you're saying, go back to what are your personal values? And another thing I like to work with athletes on and like the meetings I had at San Diego State, it really felt like almost like business consulting. They'd come in one-on-one, -on -one, we'd sit down, we'd build the strategy, they'd come back after a couple of weeks. Um, but I would always try to figure out, and they don't always know, but what is the end goal? Like, if it's career, if it's personal, like, who, let's wave our magic wand. Where would you want to be in five years, 10 years? Okay, now let's see if we can take steps back doo -doo 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 -doo, um, to where we're at right now and take these micro steps to where we want to go. Um, I think there was a great example of this recently from a um, USA football athlete, actually, who wants to be a chef when he graduates, when he's done playing. That is his goal to own his own restaurant. And so walking that back to now being a USC football athlete where he has a lot of eyes and attention on him, like they've partnered with a lot of different restaurants. He's met a lot of chefs now and started building those relationships, building his network and are taking those kind of micro steps so that he can position himself to get there once he graduates. Um, and I think in doing that process, I think that athletes kind of learn more about their personal values without actually sitting down and going, let's fill out a little personal value sheet because I just... Those are, uh, I think those are really hard for people. Those are really hard for me as well. Cause you're always like, like, like she just said, like we're, we're, we like to be outside <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, those kind of things. So um, I like more the timeline and, and the walk back, I guess. What advice then do you have for like, obviously we've been talking about beach or collegiate athletes. What about for like young professionals or like in their late twenties, thirties that may not have a great Instagram, you know, following or they're not as active on their instagram grid i think we take a deep dive on your instagram <laughs> and analyze and take it all apart asking okay. for a friend yeah <laughs> you asking for a friend yeah sort of i mean just trying to like learn more about nil like i wasn't exposed to this in college and now like all these college kids that are coming in like they have this amazing resource and like if they get ahead of the curve now versus like waiting till their late 20s and 30s like who knows where it could end up like where they could end up and find a career whether it's playing professional sports and then getting into becoming a chef or getting into finance or whatever it might be i don't know but <laughs> i think it's some of these kids coming up through the pipeline have a great resource in this nil stuff and it's yeah. very fascinating for me so it, it kind of reminds me actually so when i started coaching at university of hawaii in 2012 that was like the second year that beach volleyball ever existed in college um and looking at you know as the athletes graduating out of that i think gina you were one of the first graduating classes right yeah yeah i was um yeah and it's almost the same thing because you're like gosh these kids now in college get access to 
the best coaching in the whole country and world-class strength and conditioning coaches and all of these things that they, you know, graduate out and have all this kind of locked down. It's almost the same thing with NIL. Like they're learning so many business schools and business schools, business skills, um, <laughs> entrepreneurship, um, how to network. I've seen a couple different uh, actually deals for volleyball athletes where they partnered with a brand, they graduated out, and then they went and worked full time for that brand as like their marketing manager, which is another wow. really cool opportunity. That's yeah. awesome. Um, and so I think that's like the part that I like the best, at least, is is really the the deals are cool, the money's cool, but all of the other pieces that kind of surround it um, that are helping these athletes while they're in college instead of having to learn all of that on the fly after you graduate. Want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Trust and Will. They exist to help every family leave their legacy, and they've helped over 1 million Americans with an easy and secure estate plan in minutes. Whether you're nominating guardians for your kids or declaring your final wishes, Trust and Will has attorney designed plans starting at only $159. Plus, they're huge supporters of what we're doing on this podcast. So use the code BETONHER to save $50 on any estate plan. Again, go to trustandwill.com to leave your legacy today. No, what about I'm, I'm just listening yeah. very go, go ahead <laughs> <laughs> what about um okay so let's say so we've talked a lot about you know marketing yourself yada yada what about what it would look like for an athlete um negotiating a contract or like what advice would you have for someone making sure that they're not getting less than what they're worth or or even avoiding bad like bad agents in terms of contracting and all yeah that. like what to look for yeah so that is a huge um, issue in uh, the NIL space right now, just because of how chaotic the whole landscape is. And then also there is no barrier to entry into the space. And so there's probably, I mean, I know that there's hundreds of NIL agents now um, in, in agencies. And I used to tell the San Diego State athletes, like I could buy a domain for $20, pop it up overnight, start direct messaging athletes tomorrow and saying, hey, I'm Michelle, the NIL agent. Like, come work with me. I'll get you all the NIL deals. Here's a contract. Get it back to me ASAP so we can go to work. And this is what is happening. Like, this happens at San Diego State. These kids, and I would say kids, I mean, I know they're technically adults, <laughs> um, but, you know, would bring me these contracts and say, hey, like, can we go over this right now? I need to get this back to them so we can go to work and we get all these deals. And you're like, well, that's the red flag number one, um, because they should not be pressuring you to get this back to them as soon as possible. Like, this is a legally binding contract. By the way, you just turned 18 two days ago. So clearly they were onto that. Um, and yeah, and so it's it's really tough and a really hard situation for athletes because a lot of, I mean, a lot of NIL deals are not going to be worth going out and getting a attorney to vet a contract for you where you're not going to be paying $500 to get this contract properly vetted um, because the contract's probably only worth $700. Um, in terms of representation, where at the pro level, um, in some sports, right, you get this upfront kind of guarantee of money. You're not getting that with marketing reps. And so there is no guarantee that you're going to even get the $500 back if you were to go out and get a, um, an attorney. So, and then I guess I'll add to that as well in terms of administrators, like my role at San Diego State, athlete brings me a contract. Now I I'm not an attorney, so I can't vet it. But also the school doesn't want me even really reading the contract because of the liability um, that goes along with it. That if it turns out to be a bad contract and for whatever reason, like the athlete thought I said it was a good to go. Now the whole entire school is wrapped into a lawsuit instead of, you know, just Michelle, the NIL director. Um, 
So it is a huge, huge problem in the space right now. And I've seen it more from the representation side than the actual brand deals. In terms of brand deals with businesses, those contracts haven't had as many like pieces in them as you would want in a contract. But what I tell athletes, like start small, start with like a three month contract or something like that. If you're doing it just in kind, like that's totally fine. Make sure it has an end date. Make sure you're gathering kind of all of your analytics so that you can go back if you had a good relationship with them and if you drove sales or whatnot, say, hey, this is what I was able to do for you. Let's look into doing an extended contract. Um, and yeah, like I think that that's potentially the best route, at least for the brand deals. Um, representation is very, very tricky at this point. Why is it tricky? Because there's a lot of shady people out there. Let's, let's talk about the shady people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We don't have to talk about the shady people. But I do imagine that it's a very um, heavily male-dominated occupation. Yeah. How do you feel about that, being in a room full of bros <laughs> and the bro culture? Yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting sometimes. Sometimes it, uh, I feel like it's a bit at my advantage to be, you know, one of the... Um, only women at the table, uh, just, I don't know. But other times I'd really just want to take them down a notch or 10. I don't know. <laughs> Is there a, a specific um, pitch that you do to, to these, to these uh, collegiate athletes to help them feel comfortable or, in, or provide them with resources in terms of like what to look for um, when it comes to that sort of thing? I guess that, you know, at San Diego State, I really... When athletes would bring me, let's say, like a contract in, we would, anyone from San Diego State's listening, just stop. Um, we would look through it, right? And we would look for some major points, right? Like what is the um, percentage that they're taking? What is the out clause? How do you get out of it if it's not going well? Um, do they only take deal or that percentage of deals from what they've sourced? Or are they also going to take it from deals that go straight to you? Because right now in the NIL space, there's a lot of like team deals and there's a lot of other opportunities branded jerseys for example like i know that one of our athletes despite um i trying to i couldn't stop him but signed in with a exclusive deal with the agency that took both from deals that that agency sourced as well as deals that the athlete sourced and somehow um because it wasn't spelled out included then jerseys wow which doesn't really include anything to do with that agency um and no out clause also, which was something I was like, okay, if you're going to sign in exclusively here, please at least make sure that they add how you're going to get out of it should something go wrong. They didn't even bother to go back and get that. He just wanted to sign and get started. So it's, it's really, really tough for athletes um, or <laughs> frustrating, I guess. And I think another piece of it that was starting to pop up was um, Schools or athletic departments would partner with their law schools to do law clinics, NIL law clinics. So an athlete could bring a contract. We tried to do it at um, our partner, soft partnership with the University of San Diego. They were going to fold them into their entrepreneurship law clinic. I still had athletes come and I'm like, all right, it'll be probably two weeks to get this reviewed. And they'd be like, I'm not going to wait that long. I'm just going to sign it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> See you later. Oh, man. Have a good day. Yeah, I mean, you throw money at it. They throw money at it, and it's so enticing. You know, you just want to, like, they're young. They're eager. They're driven. Yeah. They're excited. They're excited. Like, they feel, like, important. Know, yeah. You know, yeah. relevant. And, um, yeah, I mean, they. it's a domino effect from there. It just will 
ripple effect and just continue on to other brands and then you know you start including friends and family and i can imagine it gets very muddy yeah especially in certain sports yeah going back to the um being a woman in this industry i kind of wanted to ask about like what what have been some challenges for you as far as um, establishing yourself in this this industry as a woman and like what's your ultimate goal too um, yeah. uh, in the position that you're in? Yeah, I would say um, I'm really short on my bullshitometer this week. <laughs> um, I finally have started replying to all my LinkedIn messages. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, I think that the biggest challenge is this idea that they are entitled to my time and like that I should be like just so happy to meet with this man. <laughs> like I, I, I just, and then as I, you know, guide them through here, like, oh, I host actually, you know, weekly Q and A's. Anybody can come in, ask your questions if you want to learn about the NIL space. Oh, I have consulting calls. Here's some different options there or this program, or this. And they're like, can't we just jump on? I want to meet with you one-on-one. -on -one. No, like I just don't want to. And I actually just brought on my first um, person to help manage um, one of the programs that I run. I'm so excited. She's a complete rock star and has been crushing it for, I don't know, the past week. <laughs> um, but I, I've realized one of my pillars and this firm might need to be checking out, no, 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 um, is like I literally told her this. I was like, never, never take a sale over putting an entitled man in his place. Yeah. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just don't want that money. Like I don't. And I, I like, yeah, sure. I'd rather be broke than just keeping empowering. Like it's just frustrating sometimes. <laughs> we should get that quote on a shirt. That'd be a great quote for a shirt. <laughs> it's a, it's a constant struggle. Yeah. But it's also, there's sometimes it's kind of fun too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I think what you're building is is amazing, and I think the the knowledge that you're sharing is also amazing, um, and that's what we're here to do is to share those stories and to help our listeners understand and and learn from from you, people like yourself, you know, um, and hopefully guide them towards you as yeah. well. Yeah, I guess I, I want to ask too, kind of like, what's your hope for the future for NIL um, for your business? Because um, obviously, it's still pretty new. Yeah. And so one of the things that I'm, gosh, this program took me way longer to build, but it's kind of the one that I'm at handing off now. Um, basically, my thoughts coming into the space was it's going to be very startup heavy, not a lot of barriers to entry, and it was going to be chaotic. And so what I immediately started doing was just tracking all the different kind of startups and service providers that were coming into a space, bringing them together, um, you know, into kind of a directory. What I launched about two months ago is something called the NIL Verified Network. And so what this program is, is I partnered with an attorney, former compliance director um, at Oklahoma, and it's a membership program for essentially credible businesses. So in service providers, not talking like a local restaurant, but more the agencies and, and brand development services and different attorneys and accountants and all kind of the sub industry of NIL. Um, so I got that launched with eight different businesses and since then I've been onboarding now, I think another five or six. Um, and I'm really hoping that that program will grow for twofold. One, it is the transparency I'm looking for in this industry. Um, it helps athletes to find and trust in these service providers that are doing really good work in the space. Um, on the other side with these service providers, they, 
uh, can differentiate themselves because right now with it being so chaotic, a lot of times they're doing great work, but they're not actually being able to gain like the trust and credibility and separate themselves from those bad actors. And so by coming through this NIL verified program, becoming part of this network, um, helping them to grow their business, helping athletes to get in front of or to work with essentially good businesses and really kind of cut that friction. Um, and so I'm very excited to see how that program grows. It's still brand new, working through a lot of the different kinks, even though I've been working on it since last May. So it's actually a year old, but I thought it'd be out in July of last year. It was really cute of me, but um, launched in February. Um, so excited for that. I'm also working with different universities to help to build like basically their, their resources that they're providing for athletes. I think that once you get outside the Power Five, a lot of universities are just kind of like looking the other way. There's nothing on their website about NIL and they're really just ignoring the space. And I'm going, okay, well, it's not going anywhere. And so, and I know it is a challenge. It's confusing. It's kind of a big project to say, well, which of these, again, the chaotic service providers help and which one should I provide for athletes? How do I build a program? Um, so I've been building basically NIL program blue maps, blueprints, roadmaps uh, for for the universities um, to help them uh, to help their athletes. That's awesome. Can I have a question too? Is can professional athletes seek um, help and guidance from you, or are you strictly collegiate? Yeah. So I I mean I don't at this point work directly with athletes anymore. Okay. Um, yeah. At San Diego State, that was about when I I did a lot of work with the athletes. Now, if a school that is local here in Southern California is like, hey, can you come in and do a workshop? Um, I'll, I'll do that. It's easy enough for me to do, but it's not definitely not my, um, I guess like the direction it's more, I'm more teaching the teacher and trying to put right. like different resources and things together. What's the blueprint that you were talking about? What kind of is involved in that? Yeah. So if you look at kind of what universities have put together for, um, to help their athletes. So education, um, basically what goes in, I would say, do they even have a landing page? It's like an NIL hub that directs local businesses on how to do this for their athletes that shows them, okay, this is how you will disclose your opportunities. This is um, some different you know, partners that we have in place. Uh, do they offer co-branded merchandise opportunities? So jerseys that would utilize the logos at the school. School gets their royalty share. Athlete gets a royalty share. Um, let's see, what are some other things on there? Uh, a directory of all the athletes. So a lot of schools have partnered with either third parties like Open Doors, um, No Cap Sports that will create essentially a landing page of all the athletes. So local businesses can go on there and like filter and find athletes that they want to do endorsement deals with. Um, yeah, and some pieces like that. So I... Uh, I hate this project, but I think it'll be a yearly project is going on all the websites and really confirming everything that I have in my NIL program database um, and updating it. And so my biggest takeaway from doing it last December was just that not a lot of schools are doing much yet. And I think it's just overwhelming for them. Um, and so I'm trying to meet them where they're at. If they don't have like a budget to partner like with a third party as much, then it's like, what kind of free resource can we just pull together some brand building courses from YouTube and at least put them in front of the athletes so that they can feel a little bit supported in the space. Where do you see the future of NIL being in like five, 10 plus years? So I think what hasn't been like, we just barely scratched the surface of at this point are with local businesses who may have never even engaged in like a influencer marketing campaign before. Um, 
And they sure as heck have never worked with college athletes. They've been told for the past couple of decades, like, don't even give a kid a free soda with his meal. You'll cost him his eligibility potentially from an impermissible benefit. And now they're saying, you know, give them as many sodas as you want. Um, they just need to, you know, retweet something from your restaurant. And that's a huge mindset shift. And then also to walk them through kind of all the steps from even being aware of what this is to you'll get, um, you know, a good ROI. How do you set up a campaign? Blah, blah, blah. So I think that for local businesses, that's going to continue to grow a lot. And then also on the athlete side, kind of how I mentioned at the beginning with high school athletes looking up at this and building more of a strategy, understanding what the landscape looks like. I think that they'll be much more prepared when they get to college to engage in the space. And so I think like the first two years, we've seen a lot of, you know, national brands, not all national brands, but like national brands working with those high profile athletes. And of course, not going to get into the collective space, but that's a whole other type of issue. Um, but I think in the future years, we'll see opportunities for a lot more of Olympic sport athletes at the local or regional level. It's amazing. It's just <laughs> creating that awareness and making sure kids, especially the high school kids, can get ahead of the curve sooner rather than later. I think it'll help benefit them in the long run. So yeah, awareness is key. And then, okay, so yeah, last thing. I wanted to ask you one last question that is brought to you by our sponsor, Trust and Will. They speak on the importance of a legacy, and we were wondering what legacy means to you and or what legacy you want to leave behind. Ooh. A loaded question. <laughs> what I got <laughs> um, That is a loaded question. Legacy. Um, I guess, I mean, my, my goal with NIL Network... And where I'd like to leave it is really to, you know, just I, I go back to this again, the transparency. Um, and I think it's not even something that it's just for college athletes. I think even, you know, looking at the professional level, once you get outside of the NBA and NFL and MLB, like there aren't um, there isn't a, a lot of guidance in the space. And as the you know, influencer marketing continues to grow, the creator economy continues to grow. Like there's going to be so much more need for transparency within the space, kind of at all levels and even outside of sports as well. And so I think in terms of where, what I want that to do, I just want it to, to grow as like a transparent space where people can go and, and learn and take advantage of some opportunities. Very right, cool. Cool. And then um, uh, we like to finish with this question, which is um, how do you take a bet on yourself or how have you taken a bet on yourself? I think I've done it for now two and a half years. Um, I mean, it's been a wild ride. Um, you know, I, like I said at the beginning, founded NIL Network really just one day, decided that was what I wanted to do and jumped in and said, okay, like, I, I guess we're doing this. And with the space being so, I didn't know what was going to happen. I remember getting an email from the first, like, um, NIL kind of startup company that asked me to meet. And I was like, trouble like <laughs> what do they want to meet about I don't know okay let's jump on and then even asking you know somebody asked me to be on their podcast and I was like I don't think I can talk on a podcast that sounds terrifying and to just keep pushing the boundaries I guess of of what your your comfort is and now you know I went to that um a conference earlier today and was on a panel um and we pretty much said like oh we don't need questions beforehand like we're fine taking all of these and, and speaking live that is something I and I'm an introvert as well and I would have never ever been confident in doing that two and a half years ago um and it's taken time mm -hmm. and there's been tears um but overall I think it's just um to keep 
keep pushing and also to to lean on people who are there to support you as well yeah well we we thank you for for being here it sounds like you had a a lot of talking today <laughs> seen too many people yeah so yeah uh, i you got to get some me time in you got to relax um but the last bit here is just going to open the floor to you if there's anything on your heart or mind that you want to share with us here in the room or to our listeners the mic is yours the mic's hot <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I guess if anyone wants to learn more about the the NIL space, um, my website's nilnetwork.com. Um, as I mentioned, it's usually about once a month now that I host these open uh, Q&As where anyone can come on and ask questions. I get, I mean, it cracks me up. One time I got a big booster from Texas who was talking about uh, inducing athletes for millions of dollars. And then the next guy who unmuted was like, well, I'm a father of twin girls who play field hockey up in the Northeast. I'm a bit on the other side. <laughs> so I get fantastic people on there and it's a really good, you know, community space to, to discuss things. Um, trying to be more active on the old IG, but not really that active. It's at NIL network. If anyone wants to check it out though. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is awesome. This is such a treat. Wow. I'm this went by so quickly. Yeah. yeah, it did. Cool. Yeah. We'll have to have you back and cover more ground on this. And yeah. then uh, take apart your Instagram. Yeah, you might need to take a look at mine. I <laughs> need some notes. But um, with uh, that, that's a wrap. You have anything else, Jen? I'm good. Yeah. Is that right? And that is the Bet on Her podcast. And cut. Awesome. <laughs> good job, everybody. Yes.